parting happens when all things come together and what can only be described as perfect chaos. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda and David. Together we make up the Perfect Chaos team. Perfect Chaos not only represents how we started this, but also who we are. Rhonda is an assistant professor of education at a local university, and I am a program director and professor at a nearby community college. Our backgrounds are diverse, ranging from sociology, criminal justice, fire and emergency medical services, to emergency management, and together, education. And this comes together into our Perfect Chaos. This week is a topic that is a little different than most we have recorded up to this point. Every day we are in the classroom with a certain number of eyes staring back at us, whether it's 10 or 20 students. Are those the only eyes that are watching us? It is no secret that educators have been held in high esteem. Just how many eyes are watching and just how much are they watching? We'll be back with this discussion after these messages from our sponsor. We are Rhonda and David, and this is our perfect chaos. So one, when we get into the classroom, it's a little bit odd. We're all used to being students for many years, from K-12 to higher education, getting our undergrad, graduate degrees. We're sitting in the somewhere in the classroom. Many, you know, try to fight for that back seat. We're all staring up at the professor, and at some point in time, we flip the room, and now we're the ones with the set of eyes that are looking back at us. Every student just waiting for one of those opportunities to say, hey, the teacher messed up. But are those really the only eyes that are looking at us? So have you ever really thought about that? (laughs) Yes, but I have a really bad feeling that I went somewhere totally different with this episode in my head than where you're headed. So where are you heading with the eyes that are looking back at us? Because right now it kind of sounds like you're in a room full of dolls and that's a little creepy. I'm in a room full of... Not a room full of dolls. I mean, you got students out. I mean, but you got to think that, you know, we're conditioned for so long. We're sitting in the back of the classroom. We're looking at the teacher. I didn't uh, sit in the back of the classroom. Okay, I was you're a sitting, good student. I sat at the front of okay, the classroom. Okay, don't, don't even start that. Because even those at the front of the classroom used to have fun when the teacher turned their back to the class. No, I followed the rules. Uh, sure. That's that's uh, what you like to say now. And we'll, we'll go on with that. But... <laughs> That look at your face. If only we did this in video, you would have seen that. Just excellent reaction there. You know. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't either, most of the time. <laughs> really? Y'all, I'm so glad there's not a storm brewing outside. I would be scared of lightning. No, Because no, it's going to strike no. you. Very rarely, very rarely did I ever... There was once where I was supposed to stay after for detention for not knowing my homework because I was out sick the day before, and I decided to Didn't you get in trouble for selling candy? That's a different story. More than once? Capitalist society is a great place to be. You know, it was uh, customer service. uh, The customers needed something, and I got it for them. And the only real trouble I got in is because my mom found out because she was supping one day. That made it even more fun. Okay, so where are you headed with this eyes looking back at us kind of deal? Because I took it in a role model thought process, and I don't think that's where you're headed. That's where I'm heading. Okay. That's where I'm heading. Okay. Well, sometimes I can't tell where you're heading. That's because you got a screen up in front of your face. You can't see me. Are you kidding me? What? 
I can see you. You're right across the table from me. Okay, so this episode, you know, is being recorded late at night. We're all uh, just uh, really tired and all that. Going to have a little bit of fun like we always do. So the the idea behind this episode is that of the role models. So, you know, that teacher is standing in the front of the classroom. And for the most part, they're looking at what, or they're thinking about what those students are seeing on a daily basis. Uh, and with that, you know, we have to almost model a level of perfection almost because anytime something bad happens, you know, you're, you're at risk for that. So I think it's, I think a lot of times we get hung up with the fact that we're at the front of the classroom and we're teaching. Um, and I guess that's kind of where I went when I was thinking through this episode, um, and doing some research and that kind of thing is what about the non-teaching piece, right? We know we all went into this to be a teacher of some sort, whether you're teaching um, pre-K or doctoral students, everybody went in striving to be a teacher. Like that's what we wanted to do. Um, And, you know, although we may struggle at times, we've got this whole, hey, I can plan a lesson, I can do activities, you know, I can get my students excited about my topic, that kind of thing. We can do that all over the place. But what about the other piece of being a teacher? Um, And for me, uh, back when, I don't know, sometime in the middle of like March the 470th of 2020 um you were watching a show on tv you were watching a series on tv and that's really where i took this um because you were watching the last dance the michael jordan miniseries oh, right oh yeah the last dance that's yeah, what it's called that, okay yeah so i was about half paying attention to it because that's what i do when you watch things on television most of the time and I remember, just like you remember, we were kids when Michael Jordan was the thing. The commercials were be like Mike. It was Gatorade. It was McDonald's. It was the shoes. It was Space Jam. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. Except the new Space Jam. Yeah, we're not even going to go there. (laughs) No. No. But they, they want to be like Mike. They just didn't do it. But I can, I mean, you know, I can remember in, in my head that little song is still singing the Like Mike song, right? Um, and, but it was a big thing, and he was a huge role model for a lot of people. Um, and I can remember when you were watching The Last Dance, and it was showing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and and some of the... Language and the way they were treating each other and the way they were treating other people and some of the things that were going on in the locker room and behind the scenes. And I think we even had a discussion about it because I made the comment. I said that I was really disappointed. Right. Because, I, you know, we grew up. I mean, I played basketball. I wanted to shoot like Michael Jordan, too. It didn't matter, male or female. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. That was right. who we had. Yeah. Um. And I remember the very next episode you watched after we had talked about it, he made the comment, I never signed up to be a role model. 
because it just floored me because, hey, guess what? You're a professional athlete. That comes with it. Like, you don't get to say, oh, I'll take the fame and fortune, but not the role model piece. Um, and I guess that's where I took this thought of the eyes that are watching us is <coughs> that we might have signed up to teach because that's what we like to do. But whether you want it or not, if you're a teacher, you're a role model. And we talk all the time about modeling how we want students to do things, how we want them to do the math problem, you know, how we when how we want them to speak in front of people, how you want them to respond on a scene and, and help a patient, that we model those behaviors. Um, but how many times do we stop and think about the fact that not only are we modeling that subject and what we teach, but we're also hopefully modeling how to be good humans. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I was headed with this. I don't know if that's where you were going or not. Well, and we've got to take a look at that as well, that not only are we kind of the where I was going at this, you know, we, we think of the teaching job per se as that eight to five, you know, that, that K-12 environment, you got that eight to five, you're in class, you have your planning period, you do your before work, after work kind of stuff. Before y'all flame us, we know that it's not really eight to five with a planning period. It's just the thought process. Right. You know, it's that theoretical model that, you know, that, and that's what most people see. But then, then you turn around and you go outside and, you know, just like those that work at the grocery store or those that work at this service station, those that work at the businesses, the accountants, the lawyers and all that. Teachers have to go out and grocery shop. They have to go out and buy clothes. They have to go out and they see their students. They see the parents of their students and they have to maintain that level of respectfulness. Right. Even outside of there. And and one of the things, I, you know, I, I've kind of heard before, and I actually think it was a big bang theory and they were trying to prepare Sheldon for teaching is that, you know, it's very much like being an actor. You have to go up and you play the part, you know, you're in front of the class, you're, you're engaging and you're doing the right things. The only problem is unlike the movie, when the movie goes off, it's done. We have to elicit that same continued level professionalism because the person right. checking us out may be one of our students. Right. Or a former student. Or a former student. Or the parent of a student. And we have to buy grapes. and We have to buy, yes. <laughs> the grapes thing, bless our, our sweet little daughter. Um, she works at a grocery store and has a habit of people getting very angry because grapes are expensive. Um, and so you can't really get angry. You have to. Right. You can't. And, you know, we see the things in the news. All of us have seen it. Teachers fired for DUIs. Teachers fired over a social media post. You know, and and, and there's the extreme. I mean, and that just happened. In fact, I got a news thing today. Um, a local high school football coach has resigned. For. For a DUI. And um a local neither one of our institutions but a, a higher education institution basketball coach has resigned 
um, amid scandal. You know, it. we see those things, we hear those things, and those are obvious, you know, we've got some some extremes, definitively. Um, but, you know, one of the conversations that I have with my students, especially in my educational technology class, we talk about things like social media and what you should and should not be tossing up on your social media if you're going to be a teacher and and why you should or should not be you know um so let's start maybe then with let's start there what are our responsibilities as teachers and professors and how our students see us and i I categorize this as it's the part of the job description that says other duties as assigned, right? That catch-all. And some places, you know, we've joked because I work um, at a private Christian institution. Um, I have found myself, I think through things before I'll say them even out in public or... You know, if I go to the grocery store, <coughs> I'm always trying to be very cognizant and aware of how I'm interacting with people because I recognize that we live in the same town that I work, you know, and I do. I mean, when was the last time we went somewhere in town and I didn't run into a student? Right. Well, I, you know, going into that, that you were <laughs> going into what, you know, those duties as assigned, it's interesting to me that with that as we kind of delve into that the one thing that i think is left out of that is duties as assigned and oh remember that you're held to a higher standard right and that i think is where we actually get into the conversation because as we take a look at those duties you know obviously the primary duty is teach Right. You got to prepare lessons. You got to give lessons. Right. You got to evaluate those lessons. Teach the children, keep the children safe, <clears throat> act in loco parentis, and, and, and that's, keep rolling. And that's where I we mean, that's where we kind of get into it. So, you know, depending on where we are, you know, some of these educators that are out there in our community, they're seeing these students for eight hours a day. Right. They're, they're with them consistently, constantly. They're seeing them almost as much in the waking day as their parents would. More for and, a lot of them. And, and you know, because by the time they I get mean, home. I mean, we've talked about, you know, there's all sorts of studies, especially with elementary schoolers, about the fact that, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, maybe even fifth grade, they spend much more time with their teacher than they do with their parents, awake with their parents. Because by the time they get home, they're doing homework, they're eating, right. they're taking the bath, going to bed. And then they and that's wake not a up. slam on parents. That's no. just it's just the way it is. That, that's the way that schedule is. Because again, they get home. You know, they they wake up first thing, get in the car, go to school, right there. And by the time they get home, it's time to go to bed. Right. And so going with that is providing that guidance through role model or role. You know, saying this is right, this is wrong. You know, those kind of things by by our behavior. Right. And, you know, it's very interesting to me. Um, Of course, I grew up, uh, one of my grandmothers was a middle school educator. My father was an elementary school educator. I was a high school educator. You know, 
A, it's very interesting the different interactions that we have had all in the same town, all with our students, you know. Um, I think you were with us the night at Walmart. It was us and mom and dad and my sister. And this kid comes running up to my dad. Coach, coach. And I mean, these kids would just come from all over the place and just hug him. We just love coach. And me and my sister are always like, are you for sure? Like, really? Do you? Um, can you share what you see? Can, that yeah, we what don't, do you see that we don't? We've we lived with him forever. Um, and I'm so not knocking my dad. That's just, you know, it's what you say about your dad. And it's what you have referred to him. As, oh, yeah. As, it's like, oh, yeah. No, he knows it. We've all laughed. But it has been very interesting to watch the interactions and to watch even the way that his personality or the things he would say would change as there was a student around. Um, you know, so I've, I've kind of watched that all my life. My other grandparents um, have been business owners in town. So there was also always kind of a thing there. Uh, I can remember my grandmother, you know, we never had political signs in our yard. We've had one the whole time, like my whole life. I've had one political sign in my yard. Um, and it was always because she said, you know, you never know what side somebody's on and you don't want to tick off your customers. And that's kind of how I talk about, you know, when you go out and you start putting opinions, it's not that teachers can't have them. I, I'm by no means saying that. I'm just, you know, for me, I try to look at, I try to acknowledge that sometimes things that I say or think might be controversial and think about, okay, if I throw this out there, that this is my feeling. And of course for me now I'm, and I'm teaching college students and it's, and I have a student who is the absolute very opposite end of the spectrum on this controversial issue. How does that change that dynamic? Um, so you know, a lot of what I do has become trying to model for these students who are going to be teachers that thought process. Um, you know, but I, <coughs> even when I do that, I still, like, I still cringe when people look at me. Um, this sounds really egotistical and it's so not, but I don't know another way to say it. Um, but I've had students look at me and say, man, I just, I just want to be just like you when I grow up. And I'm like, man, I'm, I should not be your hero. I, like I, I'm not your hero. I do things wrong. It's not like all of us do, but I try to keep that in mind in the way that I present myself outside of the walls of my house. Um, now, but, that, now that we have a lot of, a lot more access to, as well, that that kind of changes things. So you you mentioned it earlier that stuff like social media, you know, one of the things we uh, you see a lot of people do, and some of the social media posts that we we've kind of referenced here, are those individuals putting out those opinions without care of others and how that's going to impact the community that they're in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I don't know. I Maybe this is a disjointed episode. I don't know. I guess I just think of things that I have experienced, things that I have seen, 
you know, I taught a fairly controversial subject. Criminal justice in itself is not necessarily controversial, but a lot of the things we deal with in that system are. Um, and I taught controversial criminal justice at a time when police officers, law enforcement, that was not the thing that people were wanting to be. there. That was kind of the beginning of the Black Lives Matter Blue lives matter, all lives matter, everybody's lives matter. You know, it was kind of the beginning of all that. Um, so one of the things that, you know, knowing that and knowing that even if I could take that piece out of it, you know, there's a lot of controversy when you look in criminal justice. Things like capital punishment, things like mandatory minimums, three strikes rules, drug laws, what should be legal, what should we have to have to do a search and seizure? All those things, you know, people have some really strong opinions about. Um, so one of the things that I tried really hard to always do was to present all the facts surrounding both sides, pro and con. And the students, the goal was that they never knew my personal feelings on it. Um, now, I felt like I had to do that because of what I taught. Um and because of the students that I taught, because I had some students that had had some negative family experiences with the whole criminal justice system. So it had to be a very, almost a clinical um, educational piece when we talked about things. Uh, and so to me, when I look at what my job then is as a role model what I took with that was one of my goals was always that I wanted my students to learn because remember I was doing teaching high school, um, you know, 16, 17 year olds, mostly male. I mean, I, I, I say mostly male. My classes were about half and half, but, um, in general, there were a lot of males in my classes. Um, a lot of testosterone going on. You know, I, I don't think any of us would say that 16 and 17 year olds are at the height of their uh, decision making skills or the way they deal with each other, especially not 16, 17 year old males. Um, so one of my the things that I wanted them to understand was that you didn't have to agree with someone to be kind to them. Um, and that we could have different opinions. We could not agree on things. We could not agree on big things, things that mattered, things that were big deal things. But we could still be civil and kind and respectful and, and those type of things. And so that, to me, was where that role model piece kind of came into it. Um, and then when I started teaching teachers or future teachers, the part that I wanted them to get, I mean, there were several things that I wanted them to see and, and do and become, um, you know, we want them to be lifelong learners. We want them to be relational and build relationships with students. We know that that helps with education, right? Um, 
and I always, you know, I, I say it, I've said it on here probably a hundred times. I say it in class. <laughs> My kids just, they now <laughs> roll their eyes. But if I look at you and say, what do you teach? Your answer better be kids. It better not be standards or a subject or, or a discipline. Like we teach people, um, you know, and I think that that has become such a huge part of it. And because our students do spend most of their time with us, especially, you know, in elementary school. Yeah, they go home. They might do some homework. They may have some after school activities, eat dinner, and then they're headed to bed. But you start looking at these high school students and they've got extracurriculars and then they go and go to work and go home. And, go, you know, I mean, we really are the people that they're with. So I think that that role model piece may not be the part that we all signed up for. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I did not sign up to be somebody's hero. I don't want to be somebody's hero. Um, I know the mistakes I've made to get where I got. Now, the thing about that is, and, and the part that I'm going to go to next on that is, you know, a lot of times we get up there and we kind of try to maintain that sense of a, you know, almost a, a stone wall that we are that strong and, and caring and compassionate and empathetic and, but, but key educator, you know, doing everything, but even teachers are vulnerable and, and showing vulnerability is not necessarily a bad thing because it emulates to your students that, Hey, there are times that you have to ask for help. And it's like, so, you know, but that also opens up a weakness that you have to kind of guard as well. But one of my favorite videos, I show this to every class. Um, it's in every LMS that I've ever taught in the one that since I've been teaching education and there's a, it's a Ted talk mm -hmm. by Rita Pearson. It's every kid needs a champion. And she taught, I mean, she's great. It's an, it's amazing. It's one of those videos you watch it and then you want to go run through a wall. Right. Um, but at one point she's talking and she, she says she was teaching ratios to her class. And she said, I taught the whole class all day, taught them all. And I went back after, after we were done and I looked at that instructor's edition and I had taught it wrong. And so she started the next day and she said, I went in and I apologized. And I said, class, I am so sorry. I went on about this yesterday and I taught you wrong. And she said, her students looked at her and said, we know Miss Pearson, but you were just so excited about it. We didn't want to stop you. And she talks about, it's okay to, to admit being wrong. It's okay to admit mistake, you know, and I think that's as big a part of being a role model, you know. I don't think we can just shut it off. I don't think we have to be a role model from eight to three. And then the rest of the day, even though we know we're still doing stuff, we don't have to. And what does that turn into? Well, it, to me, it turns into this responsibility of when you're at the grocery store and something doesn't go right, that you're not the one pitching a fit because your students are watching. And if they see you do it, then that makes it okay. And sometimes it's your students that are on the receiving end, which really makes me sad. You know, and I mean, obviously that goes into some bigger things, but you mean, you kind of said it earlier, we're held to a higher standard. 
And we are. Um, I don't know that it's a bad thing. I think it's better than what it was in the 1800s. Have you ever looked at that 1800, the list of rules for an 1800s teacher? I don't believe I have. Oh, wow. It's fun. I couldn't do it because I'm married. (laughs) If y'all have never looked up the rules for like an 1850s teacher, look it up. It's hilarious. Um, just to see how far we've got. But I do think there is still something to that. Um, being held accountable for what we say and what we do outside of the classroom. And I do think it's different. I don't think that every profession has that, but I think there are some that do. I think teachers have it. Um, police, fire, EMS, uh, anybody that works in a church, um, I think you just have to be really cognizant of the way that you treat people. And and not that we have to be on all the time. You know, I'm not, I don't go to Food City or Kroger or Publix or anywhere else or Walmart ready to go teach a lesson. That's not what I mean. But it is acknowledging that fact that, you know, people are watching and not only... Not only do I represent the place that I work, people are watching because they know what I do. And I don't want to lose that <coughs> that respect of the parents or the st- <coughs> Well, a, a lot of that goes down to, you know, we're in a position of trust. Right. And a lot of what we're talking about is the erosion of that trust or, or, or a failure to, to live to those standards or emulate those standards breaks down that trust. And once that trust is broken down, that's when parents, students have a hard time walking into that classroom right. and giving you the respect as the, the person that's commanding that classroom. Absolutely. I mean, and on the flip side of it, I am a human I'm an American citizen. I have the right to say what I want to say, right? Um, that's what we hear all the time. I can say what I want to say. It's in the Constitution. Okay, well, I could. we could talk about that for hours. But I think it is a choice that we make when we make the decision that we are going to help mold minds. Because that's what we do. I mean... We educate children. Now, sometimes those children are as old as we are. That's fine, right? Um, I tell my classes all the time, I don't care if you're younger than me or older than me. Once you're in my class, you're my kid, period. Um, but there is something to that. And there is something to, you know, uh, I don't know if you can remember the first time that you saw one of your elementary school teachers out in public. Because I can. I can remember seeing, I had gone to church with the woman all my life. And I was in first grade. And I went to church on Sunday and she was there. And I was like, why are you here? She said, I'm always like, this is my pew. Because y'all, I'm a, I'm a good Baptist girl that grew up in the South. So everybody's got a pew. Um, we have our own pews, right? That's our thing. Um you experienced that when you married me. <laughs> we can't sit on that side of the church. Our pew is over on this side. But 
My sixth grade math teacher lived eight houses up from, or I think it was either eight or ten houses up from us. I mean, but it was crazy, right? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing outside of the school? Why do you exist outside of the school? Like, You're supposed you to stay, be there. You stay, you know. You stay there. I don't want to see you at Walmart. Um, but, you know, I think there is that that piece of it, especially with those younger kids. Um, they don't even picture their teacher as being anywhere outside of the school. With our high school students, guys, I don't care if you just graduated college and you you graduated high school early, you graduated college early, and you are teaching a high school class at that tender, ripe young age of 22, your students think you're old and think you're out of touch. So for them, when they see us out places and recognize that we're human, right, the, it, it's that humanity piece. Now, I don't know how you get middle schoolers to recognize that you're human because I don't know how you get middle schoolers to recognize that they are human. Um, I love my middle school son. I really do. But I don't understand middle schoolers. Um, but I do think, you know, there is that piece of it. And how do we then take that and take into account personal freedom? Because... There is an argument there about, man, I don't want to be stifled all the time. And I'm not saying we should be stifled all the time. But I do think when we decide to be a teacher, when that when we make that decision consciously, I mean, you don't just fall into this, right? This We've made the decision to go teach. I think that is part of that that you, that's a part of the decision, is an acknowledgement that, okay, I'm going to go teach. So I'm not going to just be able to, if I go to the local grocery store and I don't like something, I can't just go blast because I'm a teacher and I have a, like I have an image to uphold. I have a responsibility to show people the right way to act, um, the better way, the human way. Uh, that's what I keep. T- <laughs> There's a hundred different names for it. I just, keep walking around going, can we not just be human? Can we not, can we just be human? Can I just treat you like a human? Can you treat me like a human? Um, so I do think that that is, maybe that's a piece of it is that we do give up a little bit of that freedom when we decide to teach. And I don't think it ends. I know retired teachers that have been retired for multiple years that still will not, purchase an adult beverage that they are well of age to purchase if they're in a restaurant or in a grocery store and they see a student or a former student you know i I, (coughs) and they're perfectly legal to do that well and it's it's one of the things that uh i used to say or i even say to this date uh you know for as many times as i've seen people from my former fire department get in trouble no matter how long they've been gone, it's the headline when it hits the paper is former firefighter. Right. You know, this department gets in trouble. Yep. Former and teacher. Former teacher. Uh, and, and it's, you know, so you, you kind of bring that to the, because it, it, a lot of times they try to put that, you know, former Jefferson County teacher, you know, so you're, you're, you're lumping all those teachers that work for that institution now under your bad choice. And, so I remember one thing that uh, I was taught 
and this was from the retail environment, the district manager at that point in time, he goes, the only rule that I really have, you go out and do whatever you want to, just don't end up in the paper. Yeah. Now, you know, now our, our papers are a lot different now. And, right. and uh, uh, you know, with social medias and, and the constant news cycle. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately in that I did actually end up in the paper uh, at one point in time for helping somebody. <laughs> and so he called him before I even realized this. And there he goes, I thought I told you not to end up in the paper. I was like, what? He goes, go read the paper. This is one instance where you can be there. There you go. You know, so you, you kind of have to, you, you know, you kind of, you, you need to be in the paper for the right thing. Right. I mean, and it's, I don't know. It's weird and it's hard and it's, daunting to think that everywhere you go somebody's watching it's a little creepy to think that everywhere you go somebody's watching but there's some truth to it and I think the biggest thing that when I'm talking to these students who you know they want to be teachers and and I I love them and I love their ideas and I love that they have these views on things And a lot of times we'll be talking about something and I'll take an opposing view just to see what happens, you know, and as is human nature, when somebody takes the opposing side, people get their back up, right? And, and they're upset and they're defensive. And I look at them, I say, but you can't do that because what about when that opposing side is your student's parents? (laughs) They have to, they have to. Like, there has to be a mutual respect, and that can be lost. I mean, how many let's, How many people have you lost respect for over what they've put on social media? There, I, I don't know that I could really count. It's tons. Right. It, it makes me really sad. It makes me want to go off of social media. What's, what's kind of interesting, uh, what you were going with there in that position, it's been a few episodes since I did this, so I figure I'll toss one of these... Uh, episodes uh references in here so go back to the west wing as i'd love to do so much um you know the the deputy communications director was having an argument with the chief of staff's daughter and ultimately they go in there and and talk to her father and you know it comes down to the deputy chief of staff was playing the opposition prep side and he was having this argument and uh you know was laid out, you know, all that side because he was preparing for the next. And so when she came in and had the argument, you know, he continued to have the argument. Right. And that's, that's fine. That's great. And it's good. You know, that's right. That's one of the things that we've seen here. And, and, you know, having a disagreement is kind of what we're built on. It's, you know, if you look at the political system, the two party system, uh, you, you look at the way the courts are built, especially, uh, like state supreme and, and federal. I mean, we live before. in a conflict culture. Right. And and so that's great. You know, in, in fact, you tend to get a lot deeper in that, but it's just how you do that. You know, you and I can have a disagreement right now. And the biggest thing is, is I'm not going to say, well, your position's stupid. Because then you go from the logical side of an argument to an illogical side. And right. that's where that role model, that, that aspect breaks down because... Let's have a disagreement. Let's talk through this. And that's it. You know, talk through the facts and, and everything. So Well, and it's it's that concept of 
can you look at the person that you disagree with and say, you know what? I acknowledge your feelings. I acknowledge your thoughts on it. I don't agree with them, but that does not mean that we cannot speak civilly and we don't have to be friends. We don't have to be friends. I'm not y'all. I'm under no strange, like hallucination that everybody's got to be friends. That is not what I'm saying. Can we be friends? Are you going to sing? Just did. That's all you get. I need you to not. Oh, come on. No. See, now, you know, that's the emotional side of the argument. There's no logic <laughs> the, in that. No, one. there is logic to that. <laughs> it is way too late for you to be singing. <laughs> all right. So uh, we, we've we kind of talked about it in about being a role model. And it's not something we typically sign up for. We want to teach. We, we find that enjoyment, taking that knowledge we have, and passing it on. But, uh, you know, we, we are in that role model, and so we should emulate positive aspects for our students, whether we're in the classroom or not. Whenever we get home, we can do whatever we want. And when we go outside, you kind of put that up and and do the right things. Well, it a recent example, we were somewhere this weekend outside, and there were other people around who were arguing very, very loudly (laughs) using very, very ugly words. Now, I'm not going to say whether I'm ever guilty of saying those words or not because, you know, a student might be listening. But I stood there, and I think at two or three points I even made the comment as these people were arguing very very loudly like it was echoing in the neighborhood that kind of loudly i think i said three or four times guys we don't we don't have to yell like everybody just calm down everybody was within a 15 foot diameter (laughs) the elevated language or elevated uh volume and and i'm a loud person you are a loud person Um, but i have now seen people that are way louder than you um yeah it was crazy but I, th- you know, I think it was kind of one of those. It brought to the forefront as I sat there and I watched, and I listened, and I tried not to listen, but even I couldn't tune it out. Of just sitting there watching, going, "Holy cow!" Like because the, I turn and there's two young children also there. And. And I just watched them watching the adults who were yelling loudly and over the, nothing. And then those, over opening up the back of a moving truck. And, and and then that behavior gets repeated right. and they get in trouble for it. Right. Right. So. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a right answer. Um, I feel like sometimes we get on here and we talk. And we have these questions, and, and we don't ever get to an answer. I do think we have to acknowledge that if you are making the decision to be an educator, to be in education, teacher, professor, administrator, staff, I, I don't care. If you are going to work in education, if you're going to work in this field, 
it is your job to be a role model, period. Um, that's just part of it. And I don't care if it says it in the job description or not. That is part of what we do. All right. So I'm going to start with my tip of the week. Uh, I do have one. I okay. didn't put it in the thing. It's not really a tip, but you, you well, can go my, first. Mine's not a tip. It, it's a, actually a book that I'm reading. I, I read uh, one of the other seri- uh, one in the series, and I believe you, you've either read it or going to read it. Uh, but I've started. I think I started, but as usual, I have like seven books that I've started and cannot get any time to do anything with. So uh, the the previous book was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, and now I'm actually listening to uh, Dare Greatly by the same author. And uh, one, it's kind of interesting just to hear the number of times that she's mentioned gremlins in this book. Uh, it's kind of interesting, but it, it kind of uh, goes along with a lot of what we're talking about right now. And, and really uh, talking about students, you know, she's going through a lot of her stuff as far as social work and talking about shaming and, you know, these vulnerabilities and kind of what it does to us. So uh, it's a recommendation that I would toss out there for uh, pretty much anybody to read. There's a couple in the series. And I'm trying to go through them all now. But uh, so, again, it's Dare Greatly by Brene Brown. Awesome. Um, so mine is, I, I guess it's not a tip, but for those of you that are interested, I think you could still, um, registered. Yeah, I think you could still register, but I will be presenting at the 2021 virtual, um, virtual conference, uh, the ELCC, uh, NWMET Northwest eLearn conference. Um, I'll be presenting there this week. I'm presenting on Thursday, um, doing a presentation, how to basically talking about what we've been doing this year, uh, how to teach on two planes at the same time while we fly them both and maybe build them on the way. So you can catch me there on Thursday. Um, but to, if you want to check out the conference, it looks like it's going to be an amazing conference. Uh, you can catch them at nwelearn.org slash conference. Um, But it is a three-day conference. It's the 7th through the 9th. So at least half of the Perfect Chaos team will be there this week. All right. So as we conclude today, we'd like to say that we always look forward to recording these episodes and engaging with each one of you. However, without your feedback, we do not know what you're thinking. So please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find all about us at our website at www.perfectchaos.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Perfect Chaos 7, on Instagram at Perfect Chaos 7. And you can also find us on Facebook at a perfect chaos seven uh and you can find us personally at uh i'm on twitter it's at drr blevins and mine is at ds blev don't forget to also go to pursue outfitters and see the perfect chaos line of apparel for from our uh t-shirts that we have long sleeve shirts uh it's a great place to go and see that perfect chaos gear uh jeremy and his team over the pursue company uh, does an excellent job in getting that stuff uh, right out to you, and we'd love to see pictures. Of they you are the perfect. softest shirts. They're I love great. those shirts. Absolutely great. So, uh, and if you're following us on the Anchor.fm platform, you can also hit the message button and send us a voice message, and we'd love to include those 
messages in our future podcasts. So if you have a comment about being a role model, those eyes that are looking at you, whether they're in the classroom or outside, uh, please don't forget to hit that button and let us know about it. And don't forget, we've also opened the support tab on Anchor, which uh, if you feel led, it will allow you to support the podcast with a small donation that will be used to expand our capabilities. So until next week, remain calm in your perfect chaos.